Hi, this is Randy Powell. You may remember me as Alan Beam on Dallas. You're listening to the Dallas 40th Anniversary Celebration here on Hollywood and Beyond with host Stephen Burningham. Enjoy the show. Hi, this is Stephen. Visit Hollywood and Beyond on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for guest and show news. Hollywood and Beyond, your home for meaningful interviews. You are just moments away from my exclusive interview with actress Marette Van Camp, who joins me from Paris in a sentimental, in-depth interview experience. Marette shares her remarkable life and amazing career with me, including her memorable role on NBC's Princess Daisy. It began as a fairy tale romance, a love story destined to end in tragedy. Lindsay Wagner, Daisy's mother, deceived by the man she adored. What you have done is unforgivable. You have betrayed us all. Torn from the two children she loved, her tragic death will change Daisy's life forever. Nobody saw the car go over. Nobody really knows what happened. Stacy Keach, Daisy's notorious father, obsessed in his love for Daisy, tormented by the dark secret surrounding her twin sister. Do you think I'm monstrous enough not to understand the wretchedness of what I've done? Claudia Cardinelli, the woman who captures the heart of Daisy's father and tries to give Daisy the mother's love she lost. Then, just as she has everything she could want, tragedy strikes. Then she's robbed of the father she so desperately needs. And Ram, Daisy's evil half-brother, seizes control of the family fortune making Daisy a prisoner of his power and his twisted passion. Oh, I love you. Terrified by his savagery, Daisy flees to America to build a new life. Welcome home, little lady. Tonight, she'll meet Paul Michael Glazer, the man who gives her a chance at her own career. He becomes the first man to love her. Will he betray her? He said he loved me. Robert Urich, a millionaire power broker, is captivated by Daisy's beauty. How far will he go to own her? I'm not for sale, Mr. Shannon. Barbara Bach and Ringo Starr, the jealous jet-setters who plot to blackmail Daisy. If only one could see me now. Rupert Everett is Daisy's half-brother. Will he reveal the secret that could destroy her? I could blow your head off. And Marette Van Camp is the innocent young girl tangled in a web of desire and intrigue. And now, all the glamour, the passion, the secrets, the spectacle continue in the conclusion of Judith Krantz, Princess Daisy. In addition to her role on Princess Daisy, Marette shares her personal memories of portraying Grace Van Owen on Dallas during the dream season on CBS, all a part of the Dallas 40th anniversary celebration here on Hollywood and Beyond. Marette's talents extend beyond acting. Here a portion of her single, I Can't Wait. Enjoy the interview. Last on Dallas. You want Jack to impersonate Dimitri? That's it, isn't it? Yes. Do you really expect to get away with this? It has all been very carefully planned. At the meeting in Martinique at the end of the next month, we will show Jack to the world as Dimitri Marinos. His appearance will be very carefully orchestrated. We will spend the entire conference on our yacht, surrounded by our people, and away from any direct contact 
first. That does not mean, however, that a paparazzi with long lens won't be able to get pictures. Pictures that will end up in publications all over the world. Pictures that will confirm that Dimitri is alive and well. He took it better than I thought he would. Yeah. I wonder how well he would take it if he knew the rest of the story. Grace, I think it's time we hedged our bets against J.R. Ewing. Why don't you give Jack a call? Hi, friends and listeners. Welcome to another episode of Hollywood and Beyond. Thank you for listening. I am your host, actor and writer Stephen Brittingham. Welcome to the show, everybody. I am looking forward to speaking with my guest today. I have an extra special lady on as my guest who brings with her an amazing career. This includes film, television, and singing. And as if all of that wasn't enough, she also founded the Van Camp Studio for those individuals looking to improve their acting skills and also learning more about the industry. We'll be discussing all of this, including her time on one of the most popular and greatest primetime television shows ever, Dallas, where she played Grace throughout season nine back in 1985. I'd like to go ahead and welcome this special guest to the show. Uh, welcome to the show, Marat Van Camp. Thank you. Well, it's so nice to have you here. It's a big honor for me. And you are joining me today from Paris, France. That is correct. 
Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, before we discuss your amazing career, um, I'm very interested to learn about this uh, studio of yours, and I thought I'd give you a chance to let folks out there know all about the studio. Well, the Van Camp Studio is really kind of a new, innovative experiment, which started out as an experiment, and then it was successful successful from day one. I placed an ad uh, for 4.95 euros uh, offering some acting lessons here in Paris because when I got here three years ago, I tried to find like another Ivana Chubbuck, you know, a masterclass studio that I'm used to from Hollywood when, when professional actors, they're in between jobs they like to keep their acting in, instrument in shape. So I was unable to find that. And all I found were kind of um, people that were pretending to teach acting and destroying actors. And being from Hollywood and having started out myself and being very familiar with that syndrome, I thought, well, hey, you know, I'm just going to open this and see if it works. And then the, at the same time, I thought maybe I could kind of try to copy it after the second city uh, of Chicago, which was is a theater troupe uh, that then ended up making Saturday Night Live and other shows because I've been writing this pilot for a series called Le Appartement, which is based on true stories, including my own. Only based from when I was 15 to 20. And that's about it. And it ended up being successful and we're doing well. And we're now one year and a half later. And we have an acting troupe. We have followers, and we even just signed Robert Davi to our cast of the pilot Le Appartement. Well, congratulations. That sounds uh, very interesting and exciting. Um, Thank you. I, I really enjoyed your uh, explanations. And um, I, something uh, struck uh, a chord in me, and that is when you said that there was um, – coaches, let's say acting coaches, or people saying that they were acting coaches, but obviously there are some out there that maybe aren't as qualified or don't have your best interests in heart. And um, it sounds like what you are offering is, is, is all your years of, of, of what you've learned, and, and you are an example and your studio of the best kind of training for an actor because it gets very tricky out there, especially if you're new to the industry. Exactly. It's it's very tricky. I myself uh, became a victim. Um, and before I was accepted into the Stella Adler Academy, and, and I had to basically, when I entered, was unlearn everything I had learned. <laughs> I'd just gotten... I'd learned all these bad acting moves. You know? Oh, my. <laughs> so you had to unlearn them and then learn new things. And then basically learn how to act. <laughs> so. 
Well, (laughs) let me tell you, uh, you were successful because you have had an amazing career that I've really admired so much. Well, thank you. You are most welcome. And I'll tell you what, um, I just wanted to add that training is so important for an actor, isn't it? I mean, I I find uh, since I opened the Van Camp Studio, I've had some students that now have been with me for over a year. And I find it really, truly amazing what the right training, the right guidance can do. I have watched, you know, a seed grow into a flower that even astonishes and amazes me. So, well, that is wonderful. Yes. Well, I'd like to uh, bring up a little bit about your background, and that is that you are from Denmark. I am. Wow. So I'll tell you what. Um, you got into modeling before acting. Is that correct? That is correct. I was 14 years old. I was still in school. And I was like what you call discovered by a little tiny modeling agency in Copenhagen. And then I was actually taken in uh, with another young model from that agency. We were taking in a Volkswagen hippie truck uh, uh, car uh, to Parkeset in Hamburg to see if they would hire the both of us. And they did. Now, I couldn't start right away. I had to uh, finish Uh, my school, but my girlfriend did, and I followed a few months later, so I started out in Hamburg, I was there for like a year and a half, then in Milano, then in Paris, then in New York, and then Los Angeles, Um, so it was quite a bit of a road. I see. You know? Yeah, Yeah, the the early years of, of being a part of this industry, whether as an actor or even as a model... Um, it's usually got a very interesting start one way or another for most folks. And um, you certainly have come a long, long way. And when you think back to your time as a model, had you ever thought of acting? Yes, that was, it was funny because even when I was like 10 or 11 years old, I remember praying to God, just let me go to California you know, to go to Disneyland. <laughs> <laughs> well, I suppose that's when you grow up in the cold, sure. right? And yes. it makes it makes life kind of bleak, you know. I see. In the winter, at least, you know. So, so you were actually dreaming of Hollywood even then. I sure was, and I sure got my fill of Hollywood, didn't I? <laughs> you sure did. Uh, No doubt about it. Uh, Well, before we start discussing your amazing acting career, I did want to ask you, uh, the transition from modeling to acting, was that uh, a big challenge for you, or did it have a more of a natural uh, fit, so to speak, for you? Well, let's say that, I mean, I, I was lucky in the way that my directors used to say that I was very... I was best at the most difficult scenes when I was really young. And the easy scenes were the most difficult for me, so it was kind of crazy. But I suppose that all boils down to self-confidence. And 
when you're really young, you don't have that much. And of course, like me, I got a big role out of 2,000 contenders that were experienced actors, and I was a newbie. You know, and when I finally got Princess Daisy, after 150 auditions and three screen tests, and I was working with such accomplished, great actors, it really made me, it gave me even more respect for the craft of acting. Sure, absolutely. Uh, like you said, such an amazing cast full yeah. of talent and, and years of experience even back then. And for yeah. folks out there that may not be aware, this was a uh, 1983 uh, NBC movie, a big miniseries, big cast, and big budget, I might add. And, and you had uh, a huge part in it. And like you just described so well, you had a lot of competition for this role, didn't you? I sure did. I mean, 150 callbacks. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So literally 150. Yes. It oh, my. One year, it was the most crazy experience ever. You know? Marat, I don't think I've ever heard of someone having so many com uh, callbacks <laughs> ever. Yeah, right? I I've heard of uh, a couple dozen, and I thought that was a lot. So yeah. you have the record as far as I'm concerned. Well, as as you said, it it was a big budget. You know, you had Ringo Starr, you know, yes. Claudia Cardinale, Rupert Everett, and the list goes on. You know, as well as Stacy Keach. Exactly, one of my favorite actors ever. You know, Lindsay Wagner, who played your mom in the production. Yes. Wow. Uh, so, what was it like working with Stacy and and Lindsay? Oh, I tell you, Stacy Keach was really uh, wonderful. I don't know. It seemed like to me everything, all the work I did with him and all the scenes I did with him, it just came easy because of him, I think. Wow. Well, I'll uh, tell you what, he has amazing screen presence, doesn't he? Oh, but I mean, he's just so, I don't know, there was just something really special about him and uh i mean i i tell you when i worked with him i think i did one take <laughs> you know? wow. that's because you are 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 both so good at what you were doing well it was like quite amazing yes no doubt about it um uh, i've always uh, enjoyed watching his work uh over the years very much and that is uh a very interesting what you had to say um and then, of course, uh, with uh, Robert's character, uh, what was it like to work with him? You mean uh, Robert Ulrich? Yes. Or, yes. That is correct. Well, I mean, a lovely man. A very, um, it was wonderful to work with him, too. I would say that pretty much everyone in that cast. I see. Was well, amazing was accomplishment. Uh, no doubt about it. Mm. And what did you find uh, challenging once you got the part and you're working with this cast? Um, what was like the most challenging thing for you on that production? Well, it was to be as good an actor as they were. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure, right? <laughs> right? <laughs> it's just got a few uh, really big names and big talented individuals. No pressure at all. 
No pressure. <laughs> oh my God. Maybe your hardest work was the audition process. Um, now that I think about it. Oh, it was insane. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Well, Marette, let me ask you, do you recall approximately how long a uh, uh, filming was for that uh, production for you? Oh, it was really long uh, because we, we started in Los Angeles, then we went to New York, then we went to Enfleur, which is like two hours out of uh, Paris, and then we went to London, then we went to Kent. You know, so it took about, I would say, probably close to a year, maybe 10 months. And then we had to do all the promotion tour. I don't know. It took a long time, you know. It was a yeah. big show. Got to remember. Yeah. Absolutely. And it seemed back then, of course, a different time, no doubt about it. But it seemed to be, to be a lot of uh, more miniseries and... Uh, these type of productions, especially in the early early to mid eighties, yeah. so uh, very exciting for you to be a part of that, um, and to have uh, uh, done such great work in the production. Yes, it was an absolute wonderful experience. I'm sure I will always treasure it. Well, I'm glad to hear that, and just like a song, Moret, as you know. Uh, actors, once they complete a performance, it's there for all time to go on and on. So congratulations on a job uh, so well done by you. Thank you. Well, I'll tell you what. Um, speaking of the 80s, there was all kinds of um, outstanding shows, fun shows, uh, wide variety of shows. And one of those was Remington Steel, which you appeared on as well. Yes. Yes, I did. And, and what was that course, like? That, of course, also was a wonderful experience to work with Pierce Brosnan. And um, I only have wonderful things to say about that, too. Then we move on to Dallas. And Dallas was a longer experience. Yes. And, yeah. Had you ever seen Dallas before auditioning for but your role? But, of course, who, who wouldn't have seen Dallas? <laughs> I was expecting that answer because just about everybody was watching Dallas back then. And the show remains so popular today. And, of course, new people discover the show. Uh, new generations are discovering the show. And uh, such a popular show and a show that made television history in so many ways. And I was wondering, when did you first uh, learn about the audition uh, for Grace. Well, actually, Grace Van Owen, uh, I was called in. It was in the summer. I was called in on one audition, and then I got a phone call that I had to leave on a flight to Dallas, or it was Houston, uh, the next day. So, or the following day, it was quite quickly. Um, Dallas, and there they put me on a, on a six-week probation type thing that ended up taking a lot longer. Being on Dallas was a, a learning experience. Uh, being on a series like Dallas is very hard work because you get called in like at 4.35 a.m., Sometimes you get home at midnight. 
and your call call back in the morning is still 5 a.m., 4.30. Yes, a lot of uh, dedication is required to um, work long-term on a primetime television project, no doubt about it. It, it sure is because, you know, they, they gave us five days to shoot each episode. Today, they take eight days, right? So they were Absolutely. Just, yeah, they were cramming everything in. Um, it was really hard work, but it was really giving in the end. Uh, you can say a wonderful cast again, but very, very hard work. Very hard and long hours on Dallas. Well, I tell you what, um, you did an outstanding job, and the first time that I saw you, I was instantly intrigued. Um, Excellent screen presence on your part, and uh, that whole storyline that you were involved with on that uh, season of the show. So you're on uh, throughout that season, and it was a very mysterious storyline, and actually rather different in many ways than previous storylines that had been on the show. Um, the story involved a deal with uh, J.R. Ewing of Ewing Oil, um, of course, portrayed by the unforgettable Larry Hagman, and, and Marino Shipping was involved in this story, and a lot of deception. It became very clear pretty quickly that there was a lot more going on here than met the eye. Mm-hmm. And uh, the audience um, obviously was uh, dealing with, um, you know, Patrick Duffy no longer being on the show. And um, so I would like to ask you, of course, I have some questions about you know, working with Larry and other individuals. But I would like to ask you now, if we could just jump forward a little bit. Obviously, the next season, uh, Patrick Duffy does, in fact, return to Dallas. I was greatly missed the character and, and him as an actor. But I'm just wondering, on the one hand, it's so surreal to me because it's like grace never existed, like none of it actually happened. Yet it's interesting to me that your character and that storyline remains very much something that is remembered today. Mm-hmm. And what, what is that like when you think back of, I mean, how did you feel when you found out that the, that, that, that season was actually a dream? You know, it was, you know, I found the writing sometimes a little bit difficult um, uh, on that show because Grace Van Owen, one time she commits a murder. And, yes. And then she, like, regrets it and all of a sudden becomes, you know, the opposite of a murderer. So... I found that transition a little bit difficult to justify as an actor. Um, and and you know what? Uh, if you don't mind me saying, that's yeah. very interesting that you answered it that way because maybe this is the actor in me. But I, when I was watching the transition of Grace and how she was uh, maybe regretting uh, how far this has actually gone, the storyline and all the things that had happened, and then and starting to have feelings for Jack Ewing, played by Jack Rambo, I could kind of see the turmoil in your character. Even those scenes with with Jack Ewing, like where you're you're maybe at the park or it's a lighter moment. She always seems very conflicted because deep down, she really knows this will probably never work out. 
Exactly. It cannot work out, can it? I mean, the secrets are too terrifying. (laughs) Yes, and that would involve that detective that had an awful fate um, who probably should have made more careful who was uh, being his secretary at one time because that was a very interesting twist with you getting your character getting information and and then to find out it gave me chills i can still remember the moment when they mentioned about the detective you know when the, in the newspaper is shown to your character what had happened to him and and then you know that was a very chilling moment yes um uh, but you know being on dallas i'm very uh happy i was part of it i i i became a great friend with uh, Barbara Carrera, that I admire a lot, and Larry Hagman. It was very interesting to work with him. I remember one time I went up to him and I said to him, I think you're absolutely a wonderful actor. And he said to me, I'm not an actor. I'm a personality. And I want you to understand the difference. Oh, wow. It's it. It really kind of took me aback that answer, and because I mean, also as the years progressed, you, you, I watched him in so many films, just becoming a better and better actor to me, right? Oh, absolutely. I I tell you yeah. what, Larry was um, absolutely incredible, and as a young guy growing up in in the eighties. I have yeah. to tell you that he if influenced me as an actor early on, and I say that because I wanted to be that good, and I knew it took a lot of work and dedication, and I was just so blown away by his, uh, his skill level, uh, his range. I mean, he could be so intense with that look on screen. But he even he, ha- yeah. I mean, you know all about that, right? <laughs> Scared the shit out of everybody. Wow. (laughs) I was going to ask you about that because uh, I remember a scene where you were having, I believe, lunch with uh, your character was having lunch with J.R. Ewing, and he had just caught on to the real scheme. Uh, 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 He was catching on to what was going on, and he decided to give you the warning message to Angelica and the look on his eyes that he was not messing around here. Uh, I mean, wow, it must be uh, quite an experience just to to be in that moment where he's giving that intense look it's it's kind of interesting I mean as we age and we get older and we look back also considering how young I was on that show um, and absolutely beautiful if you don't mind me saying thank you Um, you know I find it to this day, very interesting that he said he was a personality and not a great actor. I still can't figure that out because to me, he will always be a great actor. So I disagree yes. with him on that. That makes two of us. Yeah. Uh, that, that makes two of us. And I and I never had the pleasure or fortune of meeting with him. Um, maybe that was his way of being modest. I don't know. But I have never heard anybody say that. And I just want to thank you for sharing that with me and the listeners. Yes. Well, um, another thing about Larry is his playful side. <laughs> Were you witness to any behind-the-scenes, um, you know, fun involving Larry? 
No, not much. Not much, because you weren't always uh, having the scenes with him, maybe as much as um, Yeah, well, I mean, Barbara. more when he was on set, it was more like nobody can smoke and... Right, right. Well, I, I would like to get your opinion about something as you look back. Uh, maybe it wasn't something that is obvious uh, at the time, but obviously Larry and, and Patrick were very, very close. Of course, playing brothers, one of the more fascinating brother relationships I've ever seen on television. Um, but I have heard that Larry really, really missed Patrick to the extent that maybe he wasn't quite having as much fun as he used to without him. That not only was Jr. mourning Bobby, but Larry was mourning Patrick. And I'm just wondering if you ever picked up on any of that. Well... I must say that I picked up on, I think that at the time that I was on Dallas, 85, 86, was Larry Hagman, I think his health was not that good either. He would direct like every fourth episode, I believe, or maybe something, I'm not sure. And I just remember sometimes when we were having lunch and he would go to Asia for medical reasons and... He would come in in the morning and his face would be all red, you know. I see. So, Well, Moret, I am very curious, if you don't mind me asking, what type of director was Larry Hagman? Because he directed so many episodes. Well, actually, when he was my director, I, I liked him. You know, um, I did a few good episodes with him. He was very intense. Oh, I can imagine. And um, uh, thank you for sharing all of this. Uh, for someone who loves Dallas so much, um, I am enjoying every moment of this. And uh, I did want to ask you, you worked uh, with so many amazing people that season. And, and a, a, a gentleman that you had worked with, um, uh, Dak Rambo, uh, who has sadly, unfortunately, passed away many, many years ago. I'm just wondering, uh, what was your experience working with Dak? Oh, Dak was... A very sweet soul, very soft, very beautiful man. Uh, I only have very pleasant memories of him. I was very taken aback by his kindness, you know. He was a very kind, soft man. I see. Well, that's a beautiful answer. And um, I was very saddened when... He'd passed away, and I always enjoyed his character very much, and I really liked the time that uh, his character spent with your character, even though there was all those issues involving the detective, which I always thought would really be what would ultimately keep them apart no matter what. But um, I enjoyed your chemistry with him, and it, it was nice to see Grace show this other side of her. So I would like to ask you a question as, a, as an actress. Because, um, you know, many of us uh, really do a lot of research. We think about what our characters did before the production even. At least some of us do. And I'm just wondering, do you think that Grace was um, uh, a person that was uh, much different than she became by the time we saw her on Dallas? Um, and was just kind of led astray by the pursuit of power? Well, of course. Maybe greed. Even, you know, yes. and that bites you in the butt. 
right? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and and uh, Barbara, boy, I'll tell you what, she did an outstanding job, and you two worked really well together. I mean, you, you, you two worked well together. You looked great together. The communication was great. Uh, even your comments seems to me were very interesting. And um, um, I was very excited when Grace decided to uh, to throw a, a wrench in her plan because I knew it was, it was probably going to be very dangerous, and it sure was. And I wanted to ask you, when you think back to that um, time in the story with the masquerade uh, uh, scenes at the masquerade ball and as the story was getting ready to conclude, uh, what was it like filming that? I imagine those were some pretty long hours. Those were very long hours, and it got a bit chilling because one time, uh, Barbara, she comes into my room, uh, dressing room, and she shows me, like, this little gun. And she says to me, she looks at me intensely, and she says, Judas! And then she walks out. (laughs) 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 Oh, I just find that funny. That I I can just see it in my mind. Um, (laughs) Well, I'll tell you what. Isn't that something? Um, yes, well, y- you kind of uh, really did uh, really mess up her plans, you know, or, or, or I should say Grace did. So um, she no doubt not too happy about that. Um, and uh, I'll tell you what, what a what an epic uh, scheme of, of hers. And um, I did want to ask you about the gentleman. I mean, I, I can't leave him out that that portrayed Nicholas um, or excuse me. Um, the actor that was um, involved with the uh, scheme as well. Um, yes. And uh, he, he was in many scenes, and he was kind of the guy back home, so to speak, that was kind of keeping tabs and doing things on that end. And and what was it like working with that gentleman? It was good. He was good. He, he was good. I see. Well, I'll tell you what. So many uh, wonderful memories and moments from your time on Dallas. I really appreciate you sharing all of that with me. And as the storyline concluded for Grace, and she had a, an, an unfortunate fate in store for her, um, were you disappointed that you wouldn't be back for the next season? I mean, had you hoped to, 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 to keep on going, so to speak? I suppose I kind of deserved to be shot at that <laughs> time. <laughs> Maybe a little bit. What? <laughs> but... Um, but at the, the, then again, I was starting to be honest, I was starting to show up late sometimes. And oh, okay. They gotten a little mad at me. So you know how they deal with that? They shoot you. Yes. The, you know? Or you fall out of a window or something. So uh, you get hit by a bus. Boy, this is very unfortunate. The character got hit by a bus yesterday. Misbehave and you'll get shot. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'll tell you what, I really enjoy the, um, yeah. all that you're sharing today, and um, thank you so much. I did want to ask you, though, you said some really nice comments uh, about Barbara. I, I would like to let you know that the first time I saw Barbara was actually in Lone Wolf McQuaid with Chuck yeah. Norris and David Carradine, yeah. and I remember um, just uh, how intrigued I was by her. I thought she did an outstanding job. Really, that's the film, in my opinion, that made Chuck Norris a star. 
even though he had done some previous films. That's the film where people are going, wow, who is this guy? And uh, she had great chemistry with, with Chuck. And I was so I was excited for her to be on Dallas because of that character, <laughs> to tell you the truth. But um, what do you remember about her approach to acting? Uh, I kind of get the impression that she was probably pretty on top of everything. Oh, uh, Barbara is a very passionate, intense person. And I remember the first time I met her, I was just thinking, do you know, the first time I met her is actually a funny story because I arrive on this airplane, you know, those after 48 hours after the audition. And I go into this hotel suite where she is and she's having a total flip out on some grip or something because her things were not in order. And I remember thinking from that moment that I felt like protecting her somehow. Oh, um, wow. Uh, but her and I became really good friends and we're really good friends to this day, you know. Um, I believe she will make an appearance in Le Appartement also. Um, she's a truly amazing woman and a very good actress. You know, she really goes deep inside of her characters. And I would dare to say that she becomes the character, as she did on Dallas, Angelica, you know. Uh, well, I'll tell you what, when an actor immerses themselves into a character in such such a way, much like Larry Hagman did, uh, despite him saying what he did to you, I mean, becoming the character, it's just amazing to watch, isn't it? Uh, to see someone uh, transform themselves into another person to such extremes. It's, it's, it's absolutely amazing, yes. Well, I am enjoying this interview so much. I, I did have a final um, uh, question about Dallas, and that is uh, now that all these years has gone by and the show remains so popular. I mean, I can tell you this. Uh, it, it's remained so popular here in the States. And, of course, they had the reunion movies. They, they had the series on uh, when the show returned on TNT. Um, why do you think that Dallas has that lasting appeal that other shows would only dream about having? I believe it's because it's a really good story, you know, and really great characters. And, 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 and how can you say feuds that are justified many times? And I mean, the basis of a good story is never going to get old. Is it? I have to agree with you. And, and you know what is interesting is uh, a lot of wise choices were made because when Dallas started, J.R. was rising in power. He wasn't already 100% there. And I thought that was brilliant. Well, that's what one, if one gives the tools to an actor, you know, they will, they will evolve. You know, Absolutely. if you've got some talent. And in this particular case, obviously, the casting director made a very wise and great casting choice, right? Together I would have to say so. 
Yes, mm-hmm. most definitely. And they did with you as well. And um, I really appreciate you sharing all those stories and memories with me. Thank you so much. And I would like to go on to another project. And I have to tell you, I enjoyed watching some clips of this uh, recently before speaking with you today. Um, I thought you looked absolutely beautiful as always. And uh, just I just think you have wonderful screen presence, and uh, but that has a lot to do with your skill as well. So please keep that in mind. Um, and that is on hotel. And I, uh, the first thing that comes to mind as well is that big fur coat um, that uh, I saw your character wear. But I, I really enjoyed your uh, appearance on that show. Thank you. Well, uh, working on hotel was... Um a pleasant experience, as usual, a great cast, and a wonderful storyline. I mean, Devin uh, Sloan came in and, of course, you know, redecorated the entire hotel and made a lot of mess and then changed her mind because it wasn't good enough for her, right, when she mm. got him. Yeah. Um. We see a lot of women behave like that when they're really spoiled and they think life owes them everything, right? Well, this is true. This is very That's true. That's Sloan for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. Well, yes. you did another great job and, and you continue to work in a lot of uh, other productions over the years. However, you also did something else, which I have to be honest with you. I just discovered recently, and I was really uh, uh, amazed by the results, and that is your singing, this album that you had. Um, yeah. have uh, I don't know. Uh, it's like you have this edge to, this, to, to your style of singing, and uh, I, I was wondering how did that all come about? Was singing something you always wanted to do? Well, it's... It, it, it's kind of, you know, when you become an actor and you really go into the intense training and become as intense as I did, you know, doing both the studies from the Stella Adler, then method acting, and then reality acting with Chubbuck for more than 15 years. Um, I needed to have kind of an outlet with the music, so I became a prodigy of uh, Rick James which is really the infamous Rick James. How do you like that? (laughs) (laughs) You know, I'd written um, a song called, well, just the lyrics I wrote. I'm a Mm -hmm. big girl now. And and he got such a kick out of that song that he decided to uh, take me on. And it took quite a while because I had to do all this musical training in the meantime, but I suppose getting involved with the musical world is maybe a bit far out for an actor. (laughs) (laughs) It's uh, pretty cool, isn't it? Uh, You can go from acting to singing. (laughs) Oh my, here you are on Dallas and hotel. And now you've got a a song coming out and, um, and an album that, 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 that's, um, that's that's pretty amazing. Thank you. Well, and I'll tell you what, the album, I believe, is called Pleasure and Pain. That's correct. And the first song that I listened to was, I believe, I Can't Wait. That is correct. 
And um, I really like your voice. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I have. I I suppose I was a bit lucky. I've been born with um, capacity of a four octave voice. That's why if you listen to Animal and um, Pleasure and Pain, you can hear I do the two different octaves on it. The low and the high voice. Um, Well, anyway, enough about that. (laughs) Well, I'll tell you what. You've probably met a lot of actors that were interested in singing because I've noticed that there's a lot of them out there. And um, it just must be go hand in hand for a lot of actors. If they act, they might like to sing as well. Unfortunately for me, even though people do send me nice compliments about my voice in general – uh, yeah. I have no training in singing, so I would be worried about windows breaking. But I suppose if you have the right training, anything's possible. Anything is possible if you want to <laughs> apply yourself. <laughs> yeah. Well, what prompted you to move back to to France? Was there a certain point in your life or career where you you, you wanted to do that? And and I mean, what was your this reason for such a move? Well, you know, I had my mother was very ill, so I kind of had to go back and uh, I see and help her out. And I suppose also when you've been in Los Angeles for many, many years, it it's not the same anymore. My husband died; a lot of things happened, and um, it. Um, you know, I needed a little break. I'm also a European. And I needed to find my roots again, I believe. Um, Because you kind of seem to become all engulfed by Los Angeles uh, as time passes. And it kind of takes a little bit of your flame away, I might add. You've got to go back to recharge your batteries, right? Absolutely. And I really respect your reasons for doing so. Uh, I'm saddened to hear that it's for some of the reasons that you mentioned, but I certainly respect your insight that, that, that there was also an artistic reason and also a personal, more importantly, you as a, as a individual, as a lady, as a person that, that you needed to, uh, to go back to your roots. And, um, I certainly applaud you for that. Well, it's like even my father, he came and he said, Moret, I don't think you know who you are anymore. (laughs) You know. Oh, my. Well, that probably gets your attention right there, doesn't it? <laughs> well, maybe I need to think about this a little bit. Oh, my. Well, you know, sometimes it takes a moment like that to make us really, you know, open our eyes a little bit, you know? Someone close to us that can kind of say, hey, you know, you're a lot different than you used to be. Yeah, it's it, it's funny how also, you know, I suppose I start out so young you know, it's a long road. Also, when you get success so young and, you know, and, and you live in the acting world, it, it makes the real world a little bit unrealistic. And it kind of can make you a bit of a victim when you're a woman, you know? Well, I really appreciate you sharing all this. I did have a just a final uh, question I wanted to ask you, and you are the perfect person to ask. And I just wanted to know, when you think of the difference between cinema where you are now in France and cinema here in the States, because for those who may be listening and don't know this, I'm here in, um, in actually Cincinnati, Ohio, my hometown at the moment. 
uh, but I used to live in Los Angeles and work and study out there. But w- what comes to mind? Like, what's the d- biggest difference? It, I'm sure it must be some sort of approach to storytelling or direction. Well, like, for example, with the project that I'm doing, Le Partiment, the pilot, it's a USA French project mixed. My old agent, John LaRocca, is the co-producer on the project. So I would say America, Hollywood wins. Uh, If we can put, you know, the international flair on everything, we have Netflix, Amazon, you know, the... Um, the series of what I think the world is today, global, right? We're a mix of nationalities all around the world that live together. The Van Camp Studio is, you know, I would say half Americans come here, right? Wow, yes. Yeah. Well, I can't say as I blame them. And um, I just want to say I wish you the, the very best in upcoming projects and in the years ahead for you as a individual as well. And I have to tell you that in many ways and for many reasons, this is really one of my biggest honors. So thank you for being my guest today. And I hope you come. If you come to Paris, you come to the Van Camp studio. You got free tickets for the rest of your life. Oh, okay. well, thank you so much. That That's an okay. offer I might not be able to uh, refuse. That That's excellent. Thank <laughs> you so much. <laughs> it's okay. been a True, true pleasure uh, speaking with you, and, and thank and you like- once again for being my guest. And likewise. Hi, friends and listeners. This is host Stephen Brittingham. Do you happen to have a question or a comment for me? Or perhaps you feel that you might make an interesting guest here on Hollywood and Beyond. Whatever your reason may be, please feel free to contact me anytime directly at the show's official email address. That would be hollywoodandbeyondshow at gmail.com. That is hollywoodandbeyondshow at gmail.com I look forward to hearing from you soon